Hi, I'm Anna. Three days ago, I spent 24 hours in an isolated dark room. There was not a trace of light, but an overwhelming silence. You might want to ask me, as many others did, why would anyone do this? Well, the answer is simple. Pure curiosity about what happens when you are without any external stimuli. And I wanted to know what happens with the senses and thoughts. I wanted to see if I can discover something I can only find in the dark. So yeah, I would say curiosity and self-discovery are the main reasons. Until I heard so many reactions, there was suddenly another reason tapping in. I wanted to know why this scares us. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, this episode is about darkness, so maybe you would like to listen to this episode with a blindfold or closed eyes. The episode is structured in three parts, the before, the time in the darkness and the after effects. Part 1 Three days before the experiment I visit the place. It's a bunker. I look at Samuel, why does he look concerned? And I hear him mumbling something like, hmm, is that enough air? Hmm, yeah, it should be, let's see. And he starts searching for the ventilation. <laughs> but it turns out that it's enough air to fill my big lungs. But I look around and until now, every time I told someone what I would be doing, I had a massive smile on my face. But now... I think, is this a good idea? And for the first time, I'm a bit worried myself. The room is about two and a half meters long, about two meters wide. When you enter the room to the left is a table with a chair. Right in front, there is a little mattress on the floor and to the right is the loo. I never doubted that there would be one trace of light because there is not. But I cannot remember when I was in search of black, dark room the last time. And what do we do when we are? We turn on the light. We need orientation. 24 hours to go. I can't wait to go into the bunker. I tell one of my best friends via message about what I will be doing and she answers... Oh, that's so Anna. Why can't you just put on a blindfold for a few hours at home first? Why does it have to be so extreme? And concerning my parents, for a brief moment, and this has not happened in a long time, I become the little child again. Daddy is almost angry and deeply concerned about this because he knows the place and is not sure about the air. But um, there is enough air. And mom, she puts her hand on my knee, looks me in the eyes and says, but you know, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. And you can always quit, okay? <laughs> They're sweet. One hour to go. I sit on a bench outside the bunker and I let the sunshine touch my face. And I'm not much of a sun person normally, but today I am. 
30 minutes to go. I'm in the bunker with light. And I place the water bottles on the left on the table. Besides them, I place the mobile phone charger, just in case of urgency. Next to the charger, I put the apple. Next to the apple, the banana, then a fork, spoon and a knife. I place the toiletry bag next to the wash basin. And now I look around. I'm ready. I give Samuel and Nina a kiss. Part 2. The Darkness I turn off the light. My fingers become my tools. I run my hand along the table until I feel the chair and I place myself in it. Steady, steady movements. And this, by the way, is something that stands out in the 24 hours. Everything I do, I do it in slow motion. Now I sit there and there it is, the first word, taking over hand, orientation. I need to know where everything is. So I start to fumble around to remember where the stuff is, to see where the table ends, how many steps till I reach the loo. The first minutes, it's all about orientation. After a while, I place myself on the yoga mat on the floor, lying on my back. And that's where another big topic comes into play. Anatomy. My hands placed on the belly start to move to my ribcage and I begin to count my ribs. An activity I repeat several times over and over again. The first time I count 10 ribs, then 12, then 14. I wonder how much time has passed, and the truth is 50 minutes. And that's when I know, okay, this, this is going to be so long. And for me, seriously, that was the worst part of it all. Every hour seemed like a lifetime. It was just so, so long. And today, a few days later, I... I think I know that was because I was so in the observation mode and very in my body, which also is an advantage because you direct your thoughts on what you feel. Next time I would connect myself a bit more with the spiritual world. But this time, the, the pure curiosity of the sensation, how it feels and what happens right there, in there, that was bigger. Now I reach for the bottle next to me and I take a sip of water. Wow, it's the first time that water has a taste. After an hour my neck hurts. I wonder why, but this is something I observe, the posture. The posture is different in the dark. In my case, not better, on the contrary. My head falls back all the time, it's like placing the back head on the neck and I have to remind myself to keep my back straight and to lift my chest. For 24 hours I change from sitting in the chair to standing to lying on my back with my knees drawn to the chest or being in child's pose or some other yoga postures or just leaning sitting against the wall. 
And I sit like this when suddenly... Drop. 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 No, 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 no. Water drops, please. And every water drop gets louder and louder. I get the link between torturing people with sounds, but water drops... I must say I got used to them, but it's not pleasant. And the funny thing is, is how slowly I reacted. Just take the water drops. I hear them. They go on my nerves. But until I go to the loo to see if I can do anything against it, it takes such a long time to come into action. But I think I know why. I think that is because every movement takes me out of the state of just sitting there. And just sitting there feels safe because nothing happens. I get back to the table and something else happens. Suddenly I touch something. What is this? It's small, but I have no idea what it is. This bunker is dad's bunker. He has stuff here, but I put most of the things in another room. But I must have forgotten this little thingy. I examine it with my fingers, and even with time, I cannot figure out what it is. And this almost drives me crazy. So I have to distract myself, so what I do is I play with my little golf ball, I roll it around on the floor and invent games, and suddenly a sound. Oh, the food gets delivered. Oh, I mean, this is like the thing. Before they open up the door, I have to put on a blindfold to avoid any light so I can stay in the dark. Samuel puts all the food on the table. Nina strokes my cheek and asks me if I'm scared. I say, no, well, a bit maybe, but it's okay. But it's just so long, Nina, it's so long. And Samuel takes now my hand and guides it to the first bowl, to the second, to the third, fourth, fifth and sixth bowl. And the one in front of me is the hot food. God, this is so exciting. I've been waiting for this moment all day long. And my love has made my wish come true to bring as much different food as possible. But wait, before you leave, uh, Samuel, please, what is this? I need to know. I give him the piece I have found on the table and try to examine it. Silence as he looks at it. And then he says, I think it's a Thor's hammer. What? Thor's hammer? Yeah. Mjölnir? Yeah. They kiss me and are on the way leaving me. Oh no, please, one more kiss, Samuel, I scream. And he comes back, another kiss. Oh God, that is so beautiful. Oh, please, another one. But uh, with tongue, I say. (laughs) And uh, it's just a short one, with tongue. But it is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, so now it's time to eat. Okay, so what is this? The consistency is bizarre, but wow, it's so good. Tomatoes in olive oil and balsamico, holy moly. But then, then I pick something from bowl number six. And this taste just flashes me away. But like 
<laughs> really. It's an olive. Did I know that they taste like this and are so bloody intense? It's crazy, but so special. And the ravioli is the hot food. They are delicious, but what are they filled with? And I'm so concentrated on the taste, on the consistency, the temperature, the aftertaste. Eating becomes a whole new world. I eat two small pieces of cheese, a few olives, a bit from the tomato salad, and one, two, four, six raviolis, when the big disappointment arrives. I'm full. I'm not hungry anymore. No, 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 this can't be right, please. I've been waiting for this for hours. It was such a nice distraction from boredom. And now it's just over because I'm full. Commonly, my dear listener, I would have eaten everything. This is something to think about. It's time to go to bed. I'm tired. Even though I'm in the dark... The thought of leaving this place, going into my dreams, is a bit scary. Because as long as I am awake, I hear everything. And the hearing is the only control I have. And I wonder if control leads to safety. But now I'm leaving it to go into the dream world. Hours later, I wake up, wide awake. Wow, it's morning, just another few hours to go. Oh, good. But I look at the watch, 10 minutes past midnight. Okay, let's go back to sleep. Sleeping is easy. And this time I have a long, beautiful dream, which takes place in Sweden. Sleeping is easy, but sleeping starts to feel like a way to escape from the dark reality. The alarm clock rings at seven. Now another strange thing happens. I have just one urge, and that is to switch on a light. I mean, that's what you do when you wake up and it's still dark. You switch on a light. Light signalizes a new day, but no... I remain in darkness, and this is very strange to my body. He goes like... Why should I get up? To do what? To continue to sit in the dark? Well, I'd rather sleep. But I force myself up. I start to move my body. I drink water. And I remember I have also bought water with bubbles. I take a sip. Wow, the sensation in the mouth. I swallow it and I start to wonder... Until where the bubbles stay bubbles? Will the bubbles still be bubbles when they arrive in the stomach? After just sitting, meditating and doing nothing, hours later, I take the banana and an apple. I peel the banana. I love the taste of a banana, but now I know that I prefer the sweet, lovely smell. I take a few bites, then... I take a bite of the apple. Now, I have been in silence for many, many hours and the apple's cracking in my mouth is disturbingly loud, almost too loud. But then I feel the juice. There is so much juice in the apple and 
next to the water, it's a change. Time does not pass. Time does not pass. And I should like it, but I don't. I want to get out. I want to have a break from this moment. What I do is I beam myself to the ocean in Sweden. I spend a lot of time there. I even feel the snowflakes whirling through the air, touching my face, the wind, the water. What a chance we have to be able to fantasize. I think of people, friends, my book, my audience, things. But then I try to return back into a meditative state. Hours later, the last hour has struck. In an hour, they will open up the bunker and let me out. And to be honest, I can't wait. And that's a mistake. Impatience is poison for the mind. Luckily, I have tools. I return to meditate and focus 100% of my breathing technique. And like this, I get myself back to the soul, to the body, and impatience does not have any place left in my mind. And in the end, I do a last ritual. I thank the darkness for my learnings and for bringing me some light. Part 3, the after effects. Yes, it's strange to say, but darkness brings light, and 24 hours were enough to get the appreciation for almost everything. I've also understood that I am deeply bound to all the earthly happenings. Ah, I haven't had enough and hope to have at least as many years more to come as I've already lived so that I can continue to see the earthly beauty and to experience it. I have this urge to feel the intensity of life now even more. Looking at the blue sky, an olive, feeling the water around my body is intense enough. A hug, a kiss, a touch, that's pure energy. And yes, yes, I need it. The darkness also reminded me of the essence of my life. Love. And I remembered thinking about love, how big it is. To love myself to love others without any limitations. And whenever I do or create something, I want to put love into what I do. I want to love a moment. I want to enjoy the places I love. Love in every form is an essence that shall get a lot of space and time. Now let's share a few words about the mental state. In the meantime, I've read stories about other people who have done the same. Some had real mental breakdowns. I, yeah, I had difficult moments, mostly when impatience arrived or time just did not want to pass. But I was always aware of what was going on in my mind. Maybe 24 hours was too short, who knows. So I will know when I go back there, at least for a few days. 24 hours were enough, though, to 
release a few reminders about essential life essences, but it was not long enough to fall into a state of deep spirituality. But I never lost control over my mind. And the reason lies in several aspects. First, I've been working to be mentally strong for over decades. I have used tools as meditation, but I've also spent several days in silence every single year. Second, it's about the mindset. The mindset helps a lot. Now, I was able to see this as an adventure, as something exciting rather than scary. When I had the moment of angst, I reminded myself that I'm safe, that I can quit if I want to that everything is okay. And I reminded myself to breathe deeply. This helped. And you must know, what I have experienced in the dark, I experience in small portions every day. For example, I sit and think in silence for at least 30 minutes every morning. By writing down my thoughts, I release them every single day. I liberate myself from negative thoughts by actively looking at them. And daily I remind myself why I'm here and how I want to spend my life. And this helps to keep the big picture. To know yourself, that is one thing. But to have tools to work with when you're in a scary place, this is a huge advantage. My dear listener, I was confronted with a topic I would like to look at a bit closer. It is about orientation, control and letting go. It's impressive how important it was for me to have orientation and control. So much that I almost couldn't let go. And today I wonder where is the balance between control and letting go. And this will be one of my next podcast episodes. But for now, (laughs) open your eyes and enjoy what you see. I'm sending you my love. Take it and take care. Bye bye. Until next week.